Hey there, this is Angel Donovan with episode 80 of Dating Skills Podcast. This episode is a little bit different. It's about a little project I've had recently, which started in December 2010. Back then I read about the 15-minute orgasm in Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Body. What he was talking about was orgasmic meditation, also known as OM or OMing, which is a type of practice taught by a company or community called One Taste and founded by Nicole Dedone. Although Ferris wrote some pretty clear instructions on the technique in his book, as with many things, reading it in a book doesn't really bring it to life. So while I tried it with a few girlfriends, I didn't do it that often, and it didn't seem like that unique, and the feedback from my girlfriends was was pretty varied on it, and I wasn't really sure if this was all there was to it. I was thinking maybe there's something more. Kind of forgot about it for a while, and then last November, so November 2014, I randomly met Robert Kandel, at a dating conference, Robert had just left the One Taste organization, but he's basically headed up the organization with the founder of the movement, Nicole Dedone. So in our chat about orgasmic meditation, OM, OMing, OMing, Robert let me know that he thought properly learning OM and practicing it was life-changing on many levels, from developing skills and in intimacy with women to life in general. So That was enough for me to get reinterested in it, basically. I went online in the break at that conference and I just booked a workshop straight up in San Francisco. And then I drove up there from Los Angeles just for a one-day workshop and to hang out with the OM community there and basically get introduced to it properly. So in those workshops, basically you have some kind of seminar, a lot of talking about it, and it's both sexes at those, males and females, and you get to practice at the end of it. So I went back to Los Angeles afterwards and I participated in the OM community. I got to know it a bit better and put it into practice. It's something I'm continuing to explore in London now I'm here. It's a worldwide organization, so there's many places in the world where you can join and get involved in this. I think orgasmic meditation, having experimented with it for a little while, can be a useful tool for men's development when it comes to intimacy, sexual confidence, and communication skills in relationships or outside relationships. A caveat, though, is that I would not recommend it for all men. I think it depends where you're coming from and what you're where you're currently at, whether it's the right thing for you and it's going to help you develop and get more out of your life in general and your relationships with women. We get into this a bit in today's discussion with Tony. Tony has been a member of the OM community for three years and it's become an important practice for her. She like practices a few times a week. Uh, she's also a straight talker, which you know I'm a huge fan of. I just like people to tell how it is. So she's great for an interview. We explore everything from what OM is to what it means to women, to men, and also how to get started if you think it's for you. You can get today's show notes with more information about orgasmic meditation and one taste, links to events to get started and links to everything else we spoke about the interview transcript and mp3 download of the show by going to datingskillsreview.com forward slash podcast and selecting this episode from the list. Or you can just go to datingskillsreview.com and click podcast and you'll find it there. Now today's episode question is simply, what did you learn about the female orgasm in this episode? Put your answer in the show comments and I'll pick the most useful comment to give a free coaching call to and access to the Dating Skills Academy free our exclusive members site for learning dating skills as fast as possible. So for an opportunity to get that for free, answer in this episode's comments, what did you learn about the female orgasm in this episode? Now let's meet Tony and hear about OM. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned. Chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step-by-step, episode-by-episode. Hey, Tony, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. You know, you're making time for this and you are my OM mentor. So <laughs> you're kind of the best person to talk to about this stuff. <laughs> I told that, so I'm going to 
try and either do or do not let that go to my head. I don't know exactly <laughs> what effect that will have. I wonder if I was the biggest disaster you've ever met in OM. So what is orgasmic <laughs> meditation? Yeah, orgasmic meditation is a 15-minute timed and um, partnered practice where um, a stroker, usually a man, uh, strokes a woman's clit for 15 minutes in an up-down motion. And all each other person has to do is just connect to the sensation. So the whole thing around orgasmic meditation and about it being a goalless practice, that it's there for people to um, connect to feelings and whatever comes up and your sexuality and all of that. And in the container of the 15 minutes to um, help both parties feel that it's a very safe and I would say guided sort of thing. So that if oming were something that you did 45 minutes or who knows, when you know it's just that 15 minutes, it allows Mm -hmm. you to be more fully focused and immersed in the experience than if it were something that were, you know, more loose and free form. Right. That we have to basically take it to orgasm. Normally we're thinking whenever it comes to sex and sexuality, we're often thinking we're trying to push it towards orgasm, like push it in this direction. And so it becomes a performance thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In um, the own community, especially and in other sexuality communities or, you know, as well, they draw a separation between orgasm and climax. So climax is what we see where um, a woman throws her head back in ecstasy and there's all kinds of fireworks and everything, right? And orgasm is what leads up to that. It's the, uh, you know, rising tingly heat sensation. And it's, uh, for me, often I feel like my scalp tingles, like my, the, like my hair standing on end. So orgasm is all of that sensation that's leading up to it. It's the turn on, it's uh, your heart swells, however that feels for you. So again, like going back to what you're talking about in terms of it, not just being like to get somebody off orgasm in orgasmic meditation. And in that meditation practice is about staying in that place of focus and connection and sensation without it being about the climax. Hmm. Not that climax can't happen, but it's oh, that's where it is. It, Sorry. Does climax happen? Yeah. As well? It does happen. I mean, especially as you're going into it. Like it, it happens with me. Like as you're going into it with just riding the wave of sensations, um, you're not trying to hold back from that, but it's also not what you're trying to drive towards at the same time, if that makes sense. Right. I guess it must be like, we'll get into the different perspective from the female and, and the male in a bit, but it must be very, very different in, in a practice because basically there's the guy who's stroking, they call him the stroker, and he's stroking the clit in a certain way for 15 minutes, which is probably a very different activity for most men from what they're used to. And then the women in terms of just relaxing and lying back and yes. it's very different for her. And in some sense, I don't know, what, from the women's perspective, have you found it different compared to your normal normal sexual activities in terms of having to let go or your mindset or where you have to put it or um, or everything? Yeah, it's complicated, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, for one thing, when you own with someone, you, a nest is set up, and that's like a blanket, yoga mat, and a woman keeps her top on but um, takes her pants off. The man is fully dressed. A woman lies down and butterflies her legs open. A man sits down and puts his left leg across her and and there's this whole thing. And the pressure that he's using on her clit is like the same amount of pressure if you were like just barely stroking your eyelid. It's not like um, a jackhammer. (laughs) That helps. So, um, and of course, like- It's nothing like porn, basically. Right, right. So just that in itself where- some like there's a whole process of the the man grounds the woman in terms of like placing his hands on her thighs and that's part of the process for like really connecting to the other person and letting the breath drop in these are steps that are taken in oming that most people don't take in their sex life and that put it in more of that meditation realm these are things that one would do like for yoga or whatever um or in tantra where it, it um you know borrows and blurs a lot of those lines as well also going back to what we were saying early about it not being so much about the getting off in a lot in, in my sex life, a lot of it has been, there's a lot of weight that's placed on that climax, 
that either how much a woman is um, physically connected to herself, to her whole being and her sexuality, or whether the guy's doing a good job, whether the couple's communicating, all of that, like the climax is the judgment, <laughs> the verdict, you know, like whether that's the case, right? That may or may not be it. I know that for like in my own sex life, whether or not I orgasmed didn't really have to do with that other person. It had to do with what was going on inside of myself. In terms of other things that are different from, I don't know, like the other, like, you know, stuff that goes on in one's sex life or whatever, after you own, we do a thing called sharing frames with the other person. And that's when you describe a sensation and the feeling that was connected to it just from like one particular moment that happened during the ohm. So there was a moment when I felt this hot, tingly sensation from the tips of my toes and it went all the way up to my pussy and all the way up to the top of my head or whatever that is. And at least in my sex life, especially in the past, I haven't articulated those things. So OM really pushes you not only in terms of that communication, but also like when you have to say that to somebody else, you get to connect to it for yourself. Then you get to identify, oh, that's what felt good to me. That's what turned me on. That's what, um, that's something I enjoy. And so now in terms of my sex life and going forward, my communication abilities for a partner, for like what turns me on, what are ways that I enjoy being cracked open? What are ways that I can better share what's going on with me? All of that is upped significantly because I've had this practice to help drive that home. Has it been like releasing blocks inside you kind of like releasing your intimacy, getting deeper to more self-awareness. Yeah, because there's nothing to get you into intimacy <laughs> like just <laughs> taking your pants off and letting somebody stroke <laughs> like, you know, not to just get really All right, all right let's talk about the social situation a little bit because I want to make it clear here. So, there are couples that do this, right? Yes. I don't know if you I haven't really met any couples that are doing this in my exposure to it so oh, far. I have, oh, yeah. you have, right? So, are they few and far between? There are couples, I've gone to um, oming circles where there are couples who will only own with each other exclusively. Okay. I've also known couples who they are monogamous in their sex with each other and they will own with other yeah. people. All right. So let's take a step back, like OM circle. What is that? Yeah. It's a pretty weird first experience. <laughs> As Tony has seen when I did my first time. <laughs> I love it, Angel. You're so, like, you're so critical of yourself in this learning process. So just, just, I just wish niceness for you. <laughs> like how you oh, the whole thing was a lot of fun for me. Um, but... <laughs> um, right. And Ohm Circle is where strokers and strokies will come together and do the timed practice together. And um, they will line up partners ahead of time. So usually at an ohm circle, there will be two ohms. So an ohm is 15 minutes. So that means that whether it's in sending text messages to other ohmers that you know, or however you do it, you're going to be my ohm number one. You're going to be my ohm number two. There's one person who holds time. And so people set up nests. It could be like five couples or five sets of people, or it could be 20 or what have you. And uh, 15 minutes stroking and then a short break in between sharing frames and then trading partners. And then a, another stroker would come over and then that's that's it. That's an own circle. So it's and yeah, you're in a room lying down on blanket on yoga mat and pillows and hearing a lot of orgasm in one space. <laughs> Yes. There's a bunch of people orming in the same yes. room and you switch partners. Yes. So it's a little bit like swinging. It's not It's not like swinging in terms of sex, but it's you're swinging between OM partners, basically. And to take a step back, like the, the OM community, which is kind of coordinated through the OM hub, I guess, and through the events. Yes. People connect with each other through that and they basically ask each other if they want to OM. So everyone's, there's a lot of swinging within, like we'll call it swinging. I don't know what else to call it. I like to call it swinging. Like to, like to me, it's like, it's community. It's um, yeah. making contact. It's, it's Okay, connecting with different yeah, OMers. Connecting. Yeah, All right, actually that's a better term because I look at this as a meditation kind of thing. So you connect with different people and you basically just say, hey, would you like to OM? And they're like, yeah, sure. And you invite each other. And like I, when I was in LA, I would go one place to OM with someone and then someone else would be there like, hey, 
like you're here. Why don't we OM, right? So it's, it's this big community and everyone's very friendly and they're just taking opportunities to OM because everyone enjoys it and they're getting the practice out of it that they want for whatever reasons. So I wanted to ask you, what got you first into it? Like, how did you first come across OM? And how did you take those first steps if you can take yourself back to that? I know you said it was a long time ago. It's like three years ago now. You know, that's something that stands out in one's memory. I was working with a life coach in New York that I still work with. And I was telling her the reasons why I wanted to work with her and what was really coming up in my life as significant challenges. And the first thing that I said to her was that I want to connect to and use my voice. And I was feeling very emotionally shut down. And I definitely was not connected to my sexuality or my sexual power. A lot. Of, what does that mean? Um, for me, it meant that I, I didn't feel at home in my body. I didn't feel love for my body. I felt in my sex that it was a lot of um, how can I please someone else so that they will like me, love me, tell me that I'm good enough. And yeah, and or I was using sex as a way to boost my self-esteem instead of a way to connect to another person. I wasn't speaking out for what I really wanted in my sex. I mean, again, that came to the, you know, connecting to my voice, right? So the stuff that I was saying earlier about home upping your communication, that was that my life coach is someone who ohms and she's been oming for a while. And she was talking about how the practice takes these other facets of life about communication, about vulnerability and intimacy. And when you bring that down to sexual energy, which is like, you know, the base of where we come from, right? It's this, that sexual energy component of us is something that's so primal and often denied, capped, pushed down, labeled as unacceptable, that when you connect to it, it opens up one's life in these tremendous ways. So when the way that she described it to me was that if you can communicate to someone when their finger is on your clit, then you can communicate in all areas of your life. And she totally did. She explained the whole practice to me. She, the whole thing. And because I was already on this journey of self-discovery and I had so much faith and trust in her, I just went to a workshop. So I went to this one day workshop where there was a live demonstration of the OM. And so I got to see um, Nicole Daydome, who is the founder of One Taste. And she wrote the book, Slow Sex on Orgasmic Meditation. So she did a demonstration of OMing on one of the um, OM coaches. And so I got to see someone stroke. So she was stroking mm -hmm. a girl? It was today okay. one of the most profoundly moving, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I felt as if my heart was connected to each and every person in that room. And like, I was a part of that orgasm. And I felt like these waves of passion and freedom that were coming out of this woman's pussy were part of me. It was this lightning bolt moment. And so that's when I knew that I wanted to engage in it. So in this one day workshop, they answered questions about Oming. They talked about Nicole um, Daydone talked about her history of what brought her to the orgasmic meditation process. They talked about the steps. And then if you wanted to stay for the portion at the end, you could actually do a first Ohm. So I was in this room with a whole bunch of people that I did not know. But after you're all there for the same reason, you know, so you're kind of like looking around like, what did you, what brought you here? You know, so like it's an <laughs> easy bonding experience. You probably like think that you have some things in common, at least with that person that brought you all to that room. Right. So after most of this workshop, um, a group of us went out to lunch and we were all talking about what stood out for you or whatever. And we got very friendly and then we came back and we could um, actually do the ohms. And some of the coaches would help us like set up, oh, you do you need a partner? You need a partner? You know? So on that day was the first day that I like laid down on a yoga mat and took off my pants and a man put on gloves and, you know, and the, the whole setup and the lube and had my first ohms. That was it. And just to explain 
that experience is it similar or was your first time very different and it's something that you have to the first time is kind of more difficult because i noticed there were when i did the same workshop as you there were a lot of reactions around the room like for instance when one girl saw that first om demonstration the girl sitting next to me and i've been talking to for a while she freaked out she was horrified by it because she'd had a sexuality and as you know basically a sexual experience in her life where she was with extremely dominant men and she liked to be basically dominated a lot. And that's what she thought was great. She, would, she was quite happy to talk about that a lot and how she liked dominant sex and being dominated and this kind of area. But OM was kind of the opposite. She saw this guy softly stroking a girl and not getting anything out of it, not dominating that girl. And so for her, it seemed to put in question. And so she was like basically covering up her face. So just to say that I think around the room, people respond to it differently based on what their experiences are. Some people like you, like in my group too, there were people who are blown away. And so most of it that I found was like 80% talking, sharing your experiences, them talking about the experience, sharing like the coaches, sharing their experience. Yeah. And then you come to the end finale, which is the practice part. And some people opt out of that. Some people really want to go for it because they've enjoyed, enjoyed what they saw and they think it's something they want to continue with. And then at the end of the day, you're in a room where about 20 people, I mean, 40 people, maybe 20 pairs, roughly. Yeah. 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 And then how did that feel, that first experience? Yeah. I mean, just going back in that mm-hmm. workshop that I was in, I, it was a similar breakdown to what you're saying. It was 80% of us who were in some way able to articulate something positive. Like, and also the other thing with ohms, they just want you to like, they want you to take away the auto filter that you have in your brain before you like first thought so that we could be acting more on like the flow, right? So guys were not wanting to say something like, my cock's really hard. They're like, no, that's good. Like, just fucking say that. And there was a woman near me who was just crying, sobbing. Um, There was a guy on the other side who was very angry. And I honestly kind of don't know what he thought he was going to get at this workshop, but he felt like this was like going way outside the bounds of, what was okay or whatever. And the part of the reason why there are so many coaches and whomever that are in the room is to talk to people, you know, is to like try to get people to not necessarily like they're trying to, um, I don't know, like brainwash them or something, but like talk to them about their feelings so that somebody doesn't just storm out of the room and not at least get the experience of trying to articulate what's going on for them. So yeah, no, I will say that there was a similar like breakdown to, to what you're saying. Um, Anyway, what was your actual question? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so then we get to the practical experience. And um, I have to say a lot of people opted in for that. And so you asked about what my first time oming was like. Yes, because you did it in the practice in the, in the workshop room, right? Yeah. My first time, and I don't think that I'm unique in this, there was so much noise going on in my head that it was very difficult for me to connect to the sensation. And that's why I was so thankful to have the coaches there who were repeating things like, just keep breathing. All you have to focus on is the fingertip. Where is his finger? That's all you want to focus on. In my head, there were a million things going on about like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, I, I'm in a room with 20 people. <laughs> I, I, and then and then I'm hearing like, and then you're hearing, ah, ah. And I'm like, that's not happening for me right now. And, right. And, and now you're feeling inferior or something, you know, just, it's like all these like, pressures. Just compare and despair is going on. And then the guy who was stroking me was so nervous and he took forever to find my clit. Just <laughs> like he needed a flashlight. Like there was just a lot that was going on. But then, so it, it's not like I was like checking my watch, but like it probably took at least halfway through before he found my clit and I was able to really drop into the experience. And I have to say that I'm somebody who meditates. I meditate daily. I do stuff to like get out of my head. And this definitely. I think that's a really big, important point for you because I think of this whole thing from the guy's perspective, and it's probably a lot from your perspective, you know, the women's perspective. It's a means like, it's just like meditation. Similar, I've done different types of meditation. I find it a bit more similar to transcendental meditation and getting into flow because you're focused on something, you're doing something and a guy's, as a guy, you'd think you wouldn't feel anything, right? I think this is one of the things that people kind of need to clear up. Mm-hmm. So you're stroking a girl's clit for 15 minutes and a lot of guys are going to think, well, you're not going to get anything out of that. And a lot of guys or girls are asking, well, what does a guy get out of it? Well, it's, it's kind of like meditation. And like you were talking about sharing frames 
And I think people can relate to a girl like as she's basically going through different layers of an orgasm because her clit's getting stroked. She's going to feel different things, like you were saying, different sensations in her body and different waves. Um, but guys also feel things. And when I first went to the workshop, even though, you know, I've been talking about this stuff for a long time, <laughs> I got a fair amount of experience. It was kind of funny for me to be thinking, like watching the guy doing the demonstration and them talking about all the feelings he was going to get. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can relate to that in terms of meditation. If I didn't have any knowledge or experience of meditation, I would have been pretty confused at that point as to what's going on in the brain of the guy. Yeah, I don't actually have statistics on this, but I feel safe in saying that the, for a lot of guys, the first thing is, oh, I get to stroke pussy. Great. And that's in itself is its own reward. Right. Which is, <laughs> is true. The stuff that guys have shared with me about what they get to connect to and what they get out of the oming practice is better being able to connect to their own feelings and articulate them, which is so true for the women as well. Just if you talk about like, like if you were to look at just sharing frames and they get to, you pinpoint a sensation, a feeling, and you put that into words, the more that you do that in one area of your life, it's going to affect the rest. So that if you're coming to a part where you had a fight with your girlfriend or your mom said something that you weren't okay with at Christmas or whatever the heck it is that has been strengthened in you to communicate. And one of the things also in Oming is that um, guys can offer, the stroker can offer, would you like more pressure? Would you like to the right? They can make, to make an adjustment. And they learn how to follow sensation and read another person's body. And I feel that when one is in tune with things on that physical level, that also translates to when you're having a conversation with somebody, that you can read what their shoulders are doing, you can read what their eye contact is, you can read what their breathing is. Like, oh, you're getting upset when you're saying this, I didn't mean to upset you, would you like to change the topic? Or um, there are like a million ways that, that you know that, that can go. Also on a, on a sexual level, because a lot of guys haven't had, guys get nervous about sex or they're focused on performance. So they're not actually observing or immersed in that experience. Maybe they're actually, I think they're actually worse than women from that perspective a lot of the time, potentially. Because they're more competitive, eager, invested in it. Like, I can just tell you from my perspective, from all the questions we get from guys and what their focus is, like, there's a lot of performance anxiety or sometimes just a, it's not an immerse, it's not a connecting kind of sex. So I feel like maybe they, a lot, some of the times they haven't had taken the time to observe. And this practice, basically you're sitting there for 15 minutes and you start noticing different changes, like you're saying, in the woman's body. So whether it's the clitoris and the vagina, or it's like different women have different experiences and uh, things change in their body as they're orgasming, as they're going through the process. So maybe some girls have like their feet or their toes or their other muscles in their bodies are going to start changing or twitching. I guess, especially and doing that with a variety of women kind of gets you in touch with how uh, a woman's body can respond to her sexuality. And so for some guys, I think it would be good for their own sexuality uh, for their understanding of women because it gives them that chance to relax and focus on that. And then they're probably going to be able to like notice in their own sexual expression when they're having sex with, with women they met in kind of their normal life, they're going to be able to like connect with that better. They're going to be able to observe and they're going to understand what's going on more. Whereas I think basically guys haven't taken the opportunity to observe that kind of thing before. Yeah, I heard one of the coaches say that for guys, especially where sex is concerned, it's assumed that they know everything while you're a guy. And so to come to oming can be a vulnerable thing for them because there's they this is an area where they have to admit that they don't know everything. And I feel like that would be helpful, you know, to translate to someone's sexuality in their sex life. You're not expected to A, know everything and B, that you can learn another person and communicate about that. Um, you know, also like going back to the performance thing, I've had ohms where maybe I wasn't like sent to like skyrockets of pleasure, but simply because I was able to have a connected experience with the other person, like that's what mattered. That was like the most important thing about it. Or I've had ohms where, um, where I've cried and the guy, whatever his thing is in that you get to know that it's not his responsibility it's not his, like, that's my experience. And that's not on him. 
Would you say that when two people are OMing, like, does the experience just come from you? Does it depend on how your week has been, what's going on in your on your life, basically, and how how you were before when you came to that OM? Or is it also like a bit of a, a dynamic between the person, maybe where both people are at and how long the guy's been stroking, obviously a little bit also? Yeah, I feel like it's a mix, especially recently. I've had experiences in um, in my homes where I definitely felt that what was coming up were things that I was dealing with and not dealing with in my personal life. And those were things that were going on inside of me. And that didn't really have anything to do with whether the guy who was stroking me had been stroking for a week or five years or whatever. And I have also had ohms where I was in one place before I owned, and then I was in a very different place emotionally after I owned. And that was certainly helped by the fact that the stroker was someone who was more experienced and and so there were more peaks and, or, you know, and whatever um, happened. Ohm in itself allows me personally to fully connect to what's going on in my spiritual and emotional life. Like to me, I treat Ohm just like I do like a meditation practice or like taking care of myself spiritually and like, you know, in other ways and my own like self-discovery journey and all of that. So it's definitely like a mix. And even when I'm, when I'm with somebody who's not as experienced, whatever happens in that ohm is still kind of up to me because I have the ability to communicate. It's up to me where I can say to the left, slow, that's on me. So if I just lay back and I don't know, like white knuckle it through <laughs> like an ohm or something, or just lie back and like keep my mouth shut when I'm not fulfilling my desire or I'm not really connecting to it, then that's, that's on me. That's not on the stroker. Right. And that in itself is you learning to communicate. Yes. So it's good for you. One of the women I met and OM'd with, she's done a lot of courses since since I met her. And she actually sent a, I mean, this is one of the very nice things I'd say about the community. People are very warm and friendly and very giving and all this. It's a very you know, great dynamic in the community. She reached out to me just to tell me that for whatever reason, the experience was like very, very special. And it was kind of funny because I look back on the experience and when I was involved, I didn't realize it was that special of an experience for her. So I think sometimes it can be on one side or the other. Like sometimes the guys, I've had OMs where I kind of go into this meditative state and I'll get these meditative, like you can get meditative experiences. I think if you haven't, if as a guy, if you haven't experienced meditation and stuff, it's, it's kind of like something you just have to experience. But you can get that. And then in other times, you don't really necessarily get that. And I felt it was like a lot to do with my mindset based on my experience with meditation, because I know when I'm having a bad day in meditation, it's really hard to get into the flow, to get into the state. I mean, it's really got to do with everything else that led up to that moment. So I, I kind of felt like definitely a big influence for her experience that day would have been whatever was going on coming up to that period, not just necessarily the fact that there's a guy there and it happens to be a particular guy or anything. Yeah, yeah. Great. We've been over some of the benefits for you. And um, do you think it's similar for all women? The kind of benefits that you get, or have you spoken to other women, or obviously with conversations and stuff, and some some women doing it for different reasons? Yeah, I know that there are women who really the reason why they ohm is for fun and because they like feeling orgasmic, and that's great. Um, I haven't met a lot of them, like <laughs> to be honest. Most of the ones that I've met, we connect to ohm because in whatever way, but mostly in similar ways, it's it's help opened up huge things in our lives. So for example, like going back to the thing of, um, if you can communicate when someone has their finger on your clit, you can communicate in all areas. Especially someone you don't know very well. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Right, this is someone that I don't- If you've got a stranger with his finger on your clit and you can communicate with him, that's a pretty unique situation. Yeah, I will say also the communication, I mean, just like in any relationship does, like get a, you know, easier when it's somebody that you've owned with regularly, but surely if you have, especially if it's someone that you just saw at an own circle, but you don't actually really know them or whatever, and then you can tell them faster, slower, you know, whatever, then that's, that's tremendous. Yes. It wasn't even the first year that I was oming you putting that communication to practice. I was able to speak up for a raise with my boss and I got it. I was able to speak up more in like MRI relationship with my mom about um, communication that did or did not work for me. I mean, the the whole stroking thing it applies to many areas. 
And like that when someone makes an offer of more pressure, less, you know, whatever, and that when they follow through on it, you can, when you, you can just say, thank you. So even when I've been, let's say on the phone with a customer service representative, it allows me to be thankful that this person is just trying to give me information. Like there, there, there are so many benefits, you know, that I've had. Another thing, honestly, that I don't think, I actually, I know that I'm not the only woman who feels this way. When I'm oming regularly, I give so fewer fucks about other like bullshit stuff in my life. That like, if you think about it, like if you've had this great feeling of like you get to you get to feel sexy, you get to feel powerful, you get to you get to feel juicy and and, and just fantastic. And then that's how you show up to like a job interview. That like you know like that's how you show up to like a date later on that evening. Like. There's a huge energetic response out in the world and in the universe to someone who like has orgasm regularly going on <laughs> in their life. Um, I don't feel the um, as much like pressure inside to like, oh, I have to go have sex because I get to enjoy all of these sexy connected feelings in oming. I'm not saying I don't still like have the need for sex because that's definitely there. But it doesn't have to like keep me awake at night if that makes like you know what I mean like right right you're not gonna be desperate and you're not it's possible that people get so horny that they settle for someone in a relationship they're in you know people are in relationships all the time that they're not necessarily really into yes. um but when you're getting sexually satisfied every day that's not likely you know it's it's not gonna happen it's all about the, li- the that I don't have to settle yeah because um the conversation back to my own personal life. Um, I um, have really been on this focus thing of I don't want to settle for less than what my heart truly wants. And because I'm oming, I feel very certainly that I get to enjoy these, you know, sexy connected feelings or whatever, where if I weren't oming regularly, I probably would have settled for some like one night stand booty call shit that I don't actually want. And for me would have been settling which is not the, the like most loving choice I could make for myself right now. Where I'm at right now, that's not what I want. And I can totally say that if I weren't oming, I would have done that like quite a while ago. Yeah, that's, it's really good stuff. So we kind of missed a bit and because you, you brought it up just now is the lifestyle, the OM lifestyle. And so when I spoke to some different people around the community, some people are oming three times a day, some people way more. One guy was hanging out down at the Hive and he was asking me to come out um, come down and ha- hang out there. I thought it was a great idea. I didn't, I didn't go in the end because I was too busy. But um, basically, he would hang out there, work for a while. He had a job like me where he can just kind of work on a laptop somewhere. And he would work on a laptop for an hour. And then he would OM because there's a whole bunch of people down at the, the OM house all the time. And there's people coming and going. So, you know, he got in like, you know, he's doing like 10 OMs a day. Some people are doing like three times a day. Some people are doing once a day. Um, some people I've spoken in uh, London. I'm in London now. And I've been to a couple of the events here and, you know, they're doing it once or twice a day sometimes. I think most people are doing it a few times a week. What's, what's kind of your experience? Yeah, it's definitely the camp that I'm in. I mean, I've had experiences where I've been able to own, I don't know, like maybe four times in a week or something. And that's been great. Um, I'm also... A- what's the most times you ever did in a day? Three, I think. Was that on a course or something? No, it was... I was in New York and it was just like, I guess the way that I like, I like I did one in the morning and then I think I did three in one day. It's hard mm-hmm. to remember. Um, I, well, actually, do you mean like different partners or actual like actual ohms? Just 15 minute ohms. ohms. Oh, four. Okay. And that was just like mm-hmm. with one own partner. Okay. Was that in a relationship or is that just something you guys decided to do? That was something we decided to do. I, I know that there are people who own every day and I know that there are, I definitely know people who own, you know, three or four times a day. Some of those people who own three or four times a day live with other people who own. So they walk downstairs. So it's easy access for them. For me, I feel satisfied with like three times a week. That feels fine for me. Like, I'm sure that it would be great if I had more than that. I just sometimes it's like the time and right logistics and time yeah i mean also in terms of like the om lifestyle i'm not one of those who lives in an om house that's not something that i see myself doing so 
that's just like a different way of connecting to the own life that I'm not. Definitely. There's many different approaches to it, giving you guys uh, an idea of different approaches people take to it. So some people, they want to get a lot of experience quite quickly. One of the girls I met, she's just start, started doing a lot of courses. You know, there's a lot of different courses and stuff you can do. And she's been hanging out of the house and going to all the events. And, you know, very quickly, like within a week, she's had <laughs> way more experience than I had the whole time. I've done it because I was not <laughs> the best disciple. Um, I'd like disappear for a couple of weeks and come back and, and so on. So let's talk about, are there any downsides or are there, are there things people should be aware of that might make it not for them, basically? Obviously, you like it because you've been doing it for three years. But I mean, is there any, any side of it that is not really great or that you should be aware of? Or is it helpful to people if, if they're thinking about getting into this? I definitely find it helpful because I'm someone who I come from the way of thinking that like anything and everything that comes from it is going to be for your benefit. Even if that's you knowing that like, okay, that's not something for me, then that's still, you know, for your benefit. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, the things that even the experiences that I've had that have not been incredibly positive, they're still helpful for me. So it's hard for me to think about how to phrase it. Something that was difficult is that um, I did have an experience of someone that I was oming with as a regular partner, and we did have sex, and that, which I don't think is like a bad, I definitely wouldn't label it as like a good or bad thing for people to do, because I've had sex with own partners. With this particular person, I found that I had difficulty in the ohms, because then I had trouble connecting to the moment. In the back, because in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh, is he going to have, going to want to have sex after this? And one of the huge things in the whole OM experience is to get a woman's, what they call the, um, what's called the vigilance center to calm down so that she can connect the sensation. So in each woman, we carry this part of our core that's like, you know, almost like that, like primal brain of like protect what's happening to me, oh, you know, and that like wants to jolt and, and defend and like put up walls or, you know, because like in the back of our head, we're like, okay, one, three women get raped. Like we've got, you know, this whole, like we've got this, this whole narrative that's running behind us, uh, especially around sex of like be on your guard. Right. So that's a huge thing to barrier to get across in order to connect to the sensation of oming. So that's one of the reasons why it's like very secure in terms of, like you have to keep to the 15 minutes have to let her know when you're placing your hands on her and all of it's to like get that all of that noise to calm down. So when I was um, with this own partner, that vigilance center was coming back up because for women, the whole like being able to connect to sensation without the question of expectation afterwards is a huge fucking revolutionary thing for us. Because for us, it's like um, to connect to a sexual experience without having that thing of like, oh, does he want me to jerk him off after this? Then we can't be present to a moment. And that's such a, a big thing for us. So that was, a, that was a huge barrier. And once I communicated that to him, that was tough. And then in addition, it wasn't just that he wanted to have sex, but he wanted to, us to have a relationship, which I felt like I wasn't on that same page. So I guess, did you have to stop programming? Yes. It sounds like you had the conversation quite quickly or was it more complicated? Well, in terms of like this came up and you had the conversation because a lot of the stuff you've been talking about today is OM makes you more able to communicate. So I'm just wondering if OM helped you to communicate in that situation and kind of straighten out quickly or you felt. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I can't say that like, oh, thanks to OMing, I was able to communicate this big thing in 30 seconds. That's not what happened. Okay. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> we're um, talking on pile of shit here. Okay. No, it's, it's right, all good. Right. Like thanks to Oming, I was able to communicate it period instead of just like not answering the dude's phone calls and like running away to my apartment or something. Yeah. It, it took me a bit, but I did communicate it and I did um, stop Oming with him because I felt like for one thing, I felt like it wasn't fair to him. I was fine not being in a relationship and not having sex and just getting like great stroking, I felt like that was not a kind thing to do for him who wanted more. That I would say was not an overall, an overwhelmingly positive experience, you know, but I'm also like really thankful for it. Another thing is that the one taste management administration, the, the, um, staff, if you will, that like 
I, there are individuals in one taste, um, in that group that, um, I have such a great time with. And, um, and I feel really like value me as a person. I have had more than a couple experiences with individuals like higher ups or whatever in one taste who I feel only see me as a credit card. And that is a huge turnoff for me. So there's a, there are so many benefits I've gotten from OM. And then when I have this thing that pops up of somebody not like asking how I'm doing and they genuinely don't give a shit because they're want, just wanting to get to the part in the conversation where they can try to get me to sign up for this class or sign up for this course or swipe the credit card, that really spoils, it spoils the love and it spoils the experience. What I will say on the other hand is that what I get is so much more than like very, very small thing of individuals who see me as a credit card <laughs> that it's like, it to me, it's not enough to like get me to just throw up middle fingers and peace out from all of Ohm forever. Right. I don't know if they are incentivized or how it is, but you know, I was getting called a lot when I was in LA quite a few times per week by different people all the time. And I, so I felt kind of the same thing from that perspective is probably a way the organization is set up in terms of incentives and stuff. Because a lot of people are organized, are, are part of the organization. There's a lot of coaches and, or, are you called them operatives? Or what, or what are called? <laughs> Did you call them operatives? It sounded like you called them operatives. <laughs> I watched Mission Impossible last night. <laughs> anyway, so were they coaches or just people? There's a lot of people um, in the organization. So, you know, if I, if I go to an event here, there's probably like maybe six people are a part of the organization versus another 10, 15 who aren't um, at an event. So it's, you know, it's a fair number. Anyway, talking to you just about like some, some of the benefits to guys. From my perspective, what I felt it was like is um, for guys who are not really on top of their sexuality, maybe they haven't had sexual experiences I know there's a lot of guys who listen to the podcast who sometimes say you haven't had any sexual experience at all, you know, like you've never had that, or you've had very little, like maybe you had one girlfriend and it was very limited in terms of the experience you had. And it, it wasn't like fully aware or like you might have heard us talk about in the podcast before sexual expression. And I think that's what we're also talking about here a bit today, right? You're feeling free, Tony, to express yourself sexually now because, you know, you've been OMing for a while. And um, actually, just to touch on that, like um, you said to me one day that you wouldn't get into a relationship with someone who didn't OM. Did I read that? Remember that correctly? Or You're in the ballpark. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, would totally be in a, I would want to be in a relationship with somebody where OMing is a part of what we do. Now, if that means that we OM with other people, I don't know. I'm, like that's something that I would have to, you know, discover. But I've done the thing of being in a relationship. And so he didn't know how to own and he didn't want me to own with other people. So like owning was not part of my life for that time period. And I don't want to do that. I would at least want to own like if I was owning like only exclusively with my partner or owning with other people and like and uh, monogamously or sexually monogamous with my partner, I'd want to do one of those two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Going to what you're saying of the um, people who are sexually inexperienced. So um, there are, um, I would say there's a fair number of guys who come to OM who, um, I don't know how to say this, but they, um, they're they kind of in this group of the mindset of like nice guys finish last. And they feel like girls only see them as a friend and they maybe haven't had a lot of girlfriends or not a lot of sexual experience. And in oming, I've noticed that they get to connect to owning. Um, you can be the nice guy that girls want to like sit down and watch a movie with or a TV show and have the popcorn and whatever. And you can also have your own sexual beast going on at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. That those of those that both of them can exist. That like, do you think guys learn these types of guys learn that? through OM because it seems like such an unsexual beast approach for a guy. Yeah. The the thing is that I need to like kind of separate it. It's not just that like, you know, OMing being the meditative practice that it is, it's more like when someone goes to a turn on event that that really comes up and a turn on is, um, it's like a fun word game. Like let's connect and be unrestricted thing. 
So um, a turn on is where um, own coaches will lead it and a group of people, like it could be 10 people, it could be, I don't know, 40 people or however many decide to come. People introduce themselves and it's all about like what they try to do is to recreate the experience of an ohm with word games and with all clothing on. So um, people, they ask questions like if your sex life had a theme song, what would it be? And or it could be um, here's something most people don't know about me. Here's something I wish people knew about me. And they really want you to respond on the impulse, you know, again, without of without the caveats, without the like. Right. It's getting people to open up about their sexuality, what, what they're thinking exactly. So one of the examples of those games that I've seen a few times is you sit out in front of the audience and anyone can ask you a question. And the idea is that you answer basically as truthfully as you can about your own sexuality. I've seen like people are still hiding and you can tell when someone's hiding. And But the idea is, and some people are very expressive and I'm sure that people go there for a while, they get more relaxed about it and, you know, they start talking to people about their sexuality and expressing themselves as they are rather than trying to be something and wondering about how they should be. Yeah, so when you see someone who is like we're describing, who maybe they're accustomed to being like the unassuming nice guy, and they get, there's a game that is played during um, Turn On called Hot Seat, where one person from the audience or the group goes up to a chair up at the front, and we can ask them any question that we want, and we want to stay on the thread of other questions. I've seen more than a few times when someone goes up there, and there's more that's revealed in these questions where, like, they have this tiger on the inside, but on the outside, they're playing a lamb. And I feel that a lot of times that these guys underestimate that the tiger can be appealing to women and that you can be both the lamb and the tiger. I personally have no desire to fuck a lamb. So that's... (laughs) That's actually a topic that comes up a lot. We've had some good conversations actually exactly on that topic where women don't want you pretending to be a nice guy, basically. A lot of the guys you're talking about, like... We say nice guy. I hate saying the word nice guy because it's so laden in society now and people talk about nice guys and everything. But, you know, if you're trying to be nicer than you are and putting this nice front on. So do you feel like there's a lot of those types of guys that come to the OM community? I feel like it's that. I feel it's also um, that they're really accustomed to, like, getting shot down and rejected. And they're just, like, that esteem is low. Okay, so if you're in this situation, if someone is listening, and you know, I know there's many people like that who are listening, is OM helpful in some way? Is it a good place to go to build confidence, to basically get into your own skin more? Have you seen this in the community? Have you seen guys who, you know, they first showed up and you felt that they were unconfident and they were trying to be overly nice and stuff, and it wasn't going well for them, basically. And then you've seen them kind of change over time. Is it something you've seen a lot? Or I'll give you my what I've seen a little bit also, but I haven't been around for years, so I haven't seen as much as you. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you want to keep this in the recording, but like I know, guys, I haven't gotten to see the full progression on the other side. That's the honest truth. There's one guy that was in New York where like he was actually getting like direction from coaches of stuff to like help push him further out of this bubble, right? I didn't know him long enough to see the full arc. There's a guy I know presently who I own with frequently and wherever he is in his stage, he knows that like he's he's connected a lot more to how he's not getting what he truly wants and that he can speak up for that desire. And for example, he's not comfortable accepting like a blowjob because he's not comfortable like speaking up for that something that he wants. So he'd much rather Mm. focus on like a woman's desire and trying to make her happy. And he also knows that he's not like bringing in the kind of woman that he wants because he's not taking other steps in his life. Like he's not earning like, like if he, if the kind of woman that he wants is like, like a Selma Hayek or something like that, he knows that he's not exactly like on that level. So he needs to do things like move out so he can have his own apartment, have a job where he's earning more money, take better care of himself instead of, I don't know, like being a delivery guy who is living in a house with four roommates. So there are definitely guys who are on that path. I just don't have like, well, this one started out here and thanks to Om, like now he's here. I don't have the full story for you. Okay. Okay. 
It's good. I'll just give you my impression based on, on what I've seen is I think RM is good for guys to develop greater intimacy. I mean, this is kind of why I sort it out in the first place. I tried it with a couple of girlfriends and, you know, I was um, interested in that level. I didn't really know about the whole OM swinging part. You know, that was something I kind of learned on the way there. It was interesting. I was like, oh, this is cool. This whole community thing. Um, but I actually wanted my idea was to like do it with girlfriends when I first went to do the course and stuff. And I certainly will be doing it with girlfriends because I think it's, you know, it's a useful part to develop intimacy and, and stuff or introduce them to it at the least. So I think it's a great tool for guys to learn and a community for them to learn about building on their intimacy and relating to women, being able to relate to women emotionally. So a lot of guys, they have issues developing this part of themselves. And sometimes they have a lot of success with women, especially with like casual hookups and things like that. But they don't have the other side and they don't have relationship. They're not so strong on relationships. Maybe every time they get into a relationship, it, it just doesn't last very long, right? And that's when I think they, this kind of thing can be very helpful. But the other area is where like, you know, they don't feel comfortable in intimacy. And just by the fact of doing this for a while, they can get more comfortable being around women and especially with the sexual anatomy involved. But I did feel that most men are relatively undominant in the community. And I found that there was a really good example. I met a guy, a really very cool guy in um, one of the turn on events. And he was an ex drug dealer, like a real gangster problem to society, basically. One day he decided to switch up and become religious and then he dropped that because he that wasn't that wasn't for him but but basically he came to om and you could see that had like sparked this other side of his personality that he didn't know he hadn't known most of his life because he'd been in such a hard environment he had no idea about it but yet he was a very balanced individual now you could see it is very strong masculine side of him his lion for sure um but he also had this you know this other very intimate um, so i felt like he was a very balanced person at that point yes yeah, i feel like that's the thing that OM provides more for someone who is what you're describing with the like lacking sexual experience, lacking in esteem and feeling like they have to play smaller than they actually truly are in order to get what they want, that it allows more room and encourages the incorporation of both. Because like, there's so many, like when if I were to describe like my dream guy, like he's strong and he's also tender. Like those contrasts, those are what exist. And that's what, you know, that's what I want. Like, so, you know, another thing, like, and this is just coming from my own experience. When I have that juicy orgasm feeling like flowing in me, I feel like when I'm walking down the street, it's not just that like, oh, I feel like I'm hot shit. It's like, I know that, um, like I have more confidence in my dating life because I'm, I have turn on flowing through me. So and that's attractive to others, whether that's again, like in a job interview or when you're out on a date. So for the, you know, for the guys who are in that category of like playing like less than they really are. And, you know, and the, the like unassuming, like shoulders hunched ones, OM can help not only incorporate but the, those other things, but like when you've got, that juicy orgasmic feeling like flowing through you, that is attractive. That, like, that is attractive to other, you know, to other humans. We smell them. We smell it. <laughs> right, right. Basically getting into the flow. If the guy learns to get into the flow in this process and he starts to really feel it, I think that has a value in itself as well. I think that's what you're saying. Like he begins to be able to express himself more and be himself more by connecting with that flow all the time. So that's another great thing for it, uh, for sure. Tony, thanks so much for all of this. Yeah, this is really good. If, if someone was going to get involved with the whole OM thing, how would you suggest their first step should be? Should they go to a turn-on event or, you know, what, what would be the easiest way to get in and not getting freaked yeah, out by it? Yeah, I totally recommend going to a turn-on. I feel like it's a fun, easy introduction. It's a, like, I've brought people to turn-ons. It's the best first thing that I would recommend. And turn-ons are also like completely geared that if people have more questions and want to know more about the OMA experience, that's where to go. Um, there's also a really great TED talk that Nicole Day Doan did about orgasmic meditation. That's on YouTube. I haven't read her book. Is You mentioned the book earlier. Um, and and she also has the book Slow Sex. Have you read that? I have it on my nightstand. I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it either. So anyway, we can't vouch yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Those are the places where I'd recommend starting. Yeah. Great, great, cool. Well, I ask everyone who comes on this podcast this question at the end. So what are your top three recommendations to men who want to improve their dating lives as fast as possible? Ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would recommend oming. That would be one. 
Um, another one I would recommend is listening is just to practice the art of listening. (laughs) (laughs) Be amazed what a difference that makes. Um, I guess the third one would be, um, I mean, this may sound like really, I don't know, is to really love yourself. Honestly, love yourself in the way of like your whole messy, fantastic self, because that's attractive to other people. If I met somebody who had such a hole inside themselves that like no amount of love I could pour into it would be enough, I would run the other direction. That whole line of you complete me, that is the biggest red light that could ever come up ever. So in terms of the like loving yourself and taking care of yourself, that's the most attractive thing I would say. I think that's a great point. We've never had that on the show before. So yeah, thanks for that. That's a great point. Oh, you're welcome. I got to be original. (laughs) Thanks for your time again. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hope that was helpful. Yeah, it was. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.